Welcome, Weirdians, to a special edition episode. I'm Jake, and this is Astoundingly Weird. What is up, Weirdians? Looks like you're stuck with old Jake tonight. Um, Ash is still feeling under the weather, and uh, my brother is indisposed at the moment. <clears throat> so, but I still wanted to give you guys a a little small, maybe short episode to have for this Friday. Um, but Ryan and I. Or <clears throat> we're still putting out the uh, the scream episode. It'll come out Saturday. Um, I believe y'all will enjoy that for our spooky season special episodes. To just kind of go over some of the slasher films and some of your Halloween spooky films. You know, we've already covered the the, the great Michael Myers, um, and so we figured we'd move on to the next one. Um, which I know there are plenty of great slashers out there. Texas Chainsaw is probably one of the one of the best as well. But we do we're, we're kind of going with a with the with the new vibe because we have, of course, the new Halloweens that just come out, and then we have a new Scream coming out in January, which is kind of odd, you know. But hey, January needs love too. So that's why we're gonna kind of. Go over the franchise, uh, discuss some of the movies in depth, kind of what, you know, what they brought to the table, which me personally, I'm not a, I'm not a huge, huge fan of the Scream franchise, but I do enjoy it. It's not that I hate it. It's not that I don't like it. Nothing like that. I actually do enjoy it, but Halloween was, has always been my favorite slasher movie. So with that being said, Ryan and I will be putting that episode out Saturday. So for other business, this month has been nuts. Absolutely nuts. We've had Ash and I had so many plans for for this month and COVID was not one of them. But uh I appreciate all you guys <coughs> lifting up prayers for Ash uh, in this difficult time for her and I uh, I believe one her uh, her significant other is down in the dumps as well, and I believe her daughter is as well. So if y'all can keep the prayers coming, that would be great. Uh, and hope for a speedy recovery for all of them. And hopefully next week, Ash and I will be back at it together. So I uh, cannot wait for that. And we'll continue on from there. And we hope you're enjoying these little special episodes as i call them here uh during this covid time um and i hope i don't bore you to death <laughs> but 
for the little special edition I want to put out tonight, I'm going to discuss a movie and some of the craziness that's happened in filming the movie and what has happened to maybe some of the actors and things during filming. Because <clears throat> we did, you know, we did an episode, I forget now which one it was, but we did do an episode on some of the creepy things that happens in movies and stuff like that, and this was not on the list, but I kind of want to discuss it tonight. Um, and the movie that I'm going to be discussing is the classic Wizard of Oz. Now, the Wizard of Oz, I did not know this, but there was a lot of shit that went on with this movie as far as actors and actresses. They went through a lot of craziness, okay? Like, <clears throat> things that I, I I wouldn't even have dreamed of watching it. You know, just watching it and enjoying the content that The Wizard of Oz is. And you're thinking that, well, this is a, a family movie. You know, that's that's just what it is. And it's one of the classics, and everyone enjoys it. But, behind the scenes... You can if you if you research behind the scenes of this movie, I think <laughs> I think everybody would appreciate this movie just a little bit more, uh, just knowing what these people went through. Sorry for the pause, folks, but I'm you know I'm sipping my coffee, but I don't have anybody to fill the void. Um, so let's get started here. <laughs> as we all know and love, The Wizard of Oz as a wonderful and beautiful piece of family fun. I mean, the big screen took it, and it became a phenomenon. There have been some terrible and tragic, just horrific events into making this family classic. Many of these events, MGM themselves have never wanted to talk about, and I could bet they never wanted to leak to the public. Which, of course, as we all know, it did. MGM Studios purchased the rights to this 1900s classic novel by L. Frank Baum. After seeing the success of Walt Disney's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. But it took forever for MGM to figure out exactly what direction they wanted to take. Pre-production was pushed back a billion times. Caused by a bunch of screens. By a bunch of screen rewrites. And they were very picky about the casting of the roles. Especially for the lead role of Dorothy. Now Dorothy they had... They had several different plans for the role of Dorothy. Um, I think their their main vision was for a younger, like, kid-type Dorothy that actually did not turn out that way. Um, because their original choice for, for Dorothy was uh, Shirley Temple. Um, and we all know who Shirley Temple is. Because, I mean, they knew she would guarantee box office success. During her initial audition, it was discovered that her range of singing would not be strong enough to fulfill the singing role of Dorothy. And also, Shirley was under contract with 20th Century Fox, and they refused to loan her out to MGM. Now, let's talk about this time. All right, this 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 time in the 1900s, um, actresses they just they were more like property than people. Like today. Actresses have the choice to do what role they want to do. 
they can audition. They can they can get it if they want it. They can change it if they want it. But but back then, I mean, they were property of whatever studio had the movie. And if they wanted to keep the job, then they had to abide by the rules. And there were so many ridiculous fucking rules for these people. Like, it's almost embarrassing um, for now. Embarrassing looking back to see how they were treated, but, you know, there's nothing we can do about it now. MGM decided to go with the next best choice, which was Judy Garland. She was 16 at the time. She did have a horrific stipulation with her contract. That's what I was talking about. She had to lose at least 12 pounds to play the role of Dorothy, and she was successful. But still, the elites of the studio still called her, quote, the fat little pig with pigtails. Ridiculous. Which is absolutely disgusting. She was neither fat or ugly, and she played the role extremely well, very well. And she had an amazing singing voice. Why they felt the need to <sighs> say things about this girl like that, I mean, that that's the kind of shit I'm talking about, like, these girls were just treated like plum dumb shit. So back to film. Filming only lasted two weeks once started because the original actor playing the Tin Man, Buddy Epson, yeah, Buddy Epson, fell ill from the aluminum powder used to dust his face. So that was a tragic tragedy number one. According to the Florida Sun Centennial, who interviewed Epson decades later, said that Epson explained that he had a terrifying experience. <clears throat> Epson said, quote, One night he woke up in bed screaming from violent cramping in his hands and arms and legs, and he then had difficulty breathing, and his wife called for an ambulance, and he was rushed to the hospital. Epson remained in an oxygen tent for two weeks recovering from the pure aluminum he had ingested into his lungs unfortunately after this mgm unfortunately after this mgm fired epson and filming was put on pause in order to find a replacement for the 10-man role see that's the kind of shit these studios was getting away with back then because nowadays shit they'd have been sued like for billions of dollars for doing some shit like that. And that just goes to show how little power actors and actresses had then. Because, I mean, basically it wasn't really dependent on their abilities to act, their talents, per se, because they made these people believe that they can't do shit without them. They were kind of like pimps of the acting world, <laughs> if that makes sense. And it, you know, it was ridiculous. I'm glad that, that that changed over the years, but they were just treated ridiculously. For all of the main characters in this film, to say their time here was horrific would be an understatement. All of them had to endure some highly toxic and deadly makeup that they were made to wear for up to 16 hours a day. 16 hours a day they had to put this shit on and, and leave it on. And back then, I know it's crazy, but 
I'm sure these these studios wanted to go the cheaper route, or they didn't have access to better shit. But that's that's toxic and deadly is the two main things here. They were using things that you know they just thought, well, this looks better. They don't give a shit about the actor, but it looks better, so let's use it. And it's ridiculous. Epson was poisoned by the aluminum powder on his face, and his replacement, Jack Haley, had no better luck. Although they decided to not use aluminum powder with Haley due to the hazard of inhaling it, they decided to use aluminum paste instead. With the paste, Jack ended up getting a terrible eye infection from it that was later treated. Jack Haley and Epson wasn't the only ones subjected to this toxic wardrobes. But Judy Garland had her own problems with makeup and wardrobe. Being she was 17 at the time, now of filming, they wanted to make sure that she would keep her youth for the camera. They forced Judy to keep her breasts taped down and to wear a corset as tight as they could possibly get it to ensure a slim figure and kept her on a steady diet of drugs and very little food. I mean, come on, people. <laughs> that's that's torture. I mean, the girl wasn't fat, for one. Um, she was not ugly. And I get where they were coming from. They wanted her to look younger. I get that. But you you hire a person to do it, you need to hire the person the way that they are. You can't hire somebody and then try to alter their body in that type of fashion just to get your point across. Because to me, I don't know about anybody else, but when I watched this movie, I figured Dorothy was like 16. (laughs) I didn't put in my mind that she was like some fucking 10 or shit like that, you know. So I believe that they failed on that anyway. So it was kind of pointless in my eyes. But due to Judy's height being 4 foot 11 inches, which is considered very short, she was unable to hide the excess weight, according to the executives of the studio, as a reason to make her do these things. But not only that, she had to wear body-hugging costumes and was expected to run around, dance, sing under these terrible conditions. So you think about... Okay, you think about your breasts being... So tightly taped down, okay, for one. So that's that's on your chest area. So it kind of feels like there's a weight on your chest. And then you're wearing a fucking corset that's tightened to the to the to the max. So you you get these things done to you, so you're already feeling a weight on your chest. You can barely breathe because all of your insides and your stomach's all cramped up, basically hugging your spine. And then you're expected to run around and dance. Just dance around like nothing's wrong. So you can imagine the fatigue that Judy Garland was probably feeling through this. <sighs> I mean, I can imagine it. I get I get being short and fat because, you know, that's kind of me. But in her case, I just I just didn't see it. Not not to me. So these executives at MGM obsessed over Judy Garland's weight over ever since she appeared in their first film in 1936 when she was only 14. The head of the MGM Studios, Louis B. Mayer, put her on a strict diet of just chicken soup, black coffee, and cigarettes. (laughs) What the hell does the cigarettes have to do with it? 
he even went as far as hiring a special team to keep tabs on her food intake and report back to him and with everything she had ate for the day and night. So, you can imagine that... <laughs> so, you get hired on set for this movie and been called fat straight out the gate. So, now you've got some idiot yes man following you around just to see what you're eating. Writing it down. Like... I'm sorry, Miss Garland. Oh, what are you eating? Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. You should probably eat half of that because if you eat all of that, you may gain 25 pounds. Bullshit. Come on, guys. That That is fucking ridiculous. So, Mayor called Garland my little hunchback. Garland was constantly fed pills to reduce her appetite sick. Garland actually went on to say, from the time I was 13, there was a constant struggle between MGM and me. Whether or not to eat, or how much to eat, and what to eat. I remember this more vividly than anything else about my childhood, which is absolutely terrible for any young teenager to go through. So, she gets this grand opportunity to be a movie star. To be living the dream as a celebrity. Okay? And she can't even fucking enjoy it because she's got this yes man behind her, following her around, telling her what she can and cannot eat. And basically starving her to death, putting pills to reduce her appetite. So there's no telling how many pills they gave her, just just to make damn sure that she wasn't hungry. So imagine that. What kind of damage that could have (sighs) done. Which, back in those days, when a studio had a contract with a young woman, it was as if they owned her. Which we, what we discussed earlier. And that's basically what it was. You sign that dotted line, you're not just signing the rights to your talents. You're signing the rights to your whole fucking life back then. I mean, I am so glad that that shit don't happen like that anymore. Which it might. I don't know. I'm not in Hollywood uh, I haven't heard any cases these days because I believe in these, this day and time they would get sued so fucking hard they, they wouldn't be able to recover if they were trying to do some shit like that. During the filming, she was reportedly slapped in the face by director Victor Fleming who became frustrated when Garland couldn't keep her cool during the scene when she was supposed to slap the cowardly lion. But she kept giggling and after several failed takes, apparently, Fleming had enough. So he took her to the side and slapped her in the face to get her in line and sent her back out to finish the scene. And she nailed it. I mean, come on, dude. <laughs> that. <laughs> Somebody going to jail these days if they do some shit like that. Like, straight up going to jail. I can see it now. All these little young actors these days, shit. You already know how feisty they are. I I wish the hell one of them would. Especially if it was my daughter, per se. Oh, That'd be fucked up right there. (laughs) Straight out the gate, I'm coming to see your ass and let you know don't you ever put your fucking hands on my daughter. I don't know where her parents was at this time. I mean, she's only 16, so, or 17, but I'm pretty sure they was around. So let's move on to Burt Lahr, the actor who played the Cowardly Lion. And he, too, had plenty of fair shares 
of horrific events himself. When you look at the cowardly line, you just assume that the costume that he was wearing is just made of super soft fur and comforting fabric to keep him cool, nice, and warm. <laughs> that didn't make any fucking sense. But to keep him comfortable. But no, that wasn't the case at all. The suit was made from an actual lion hide and weighed approximately 90 pounds, which made Lara extremely worn out from wearing the suit and left him sweating to an extreme. 90 fucking pounds that you're having to carry around, <laughs> head to toe, sweating your ass off. Come on. 16 hours of that shit? I don't know about anybody else, but my ass would be down. Way down. The sweating was so bad that that two production assistants were given the task of drying out the suit every single night to be ready for Laura each day. That's a lot of sweat, folks. Because Laura's makeup was so time-consuming and detailed, he was not allowed to eat, and he agreed to he agreed to this at first and requested only milkshakes and soups to eat. But given the toll. This was taken on his body. He eventually put his foot down and demanded that his makeup be redone every day after lunch. And good for him. But men had a little bit more power than women then. They could make some, you know, they can make some demands like that then. Which is horrific, I know. You don't have to tell me. It's stupid. But, hey, that's just the way it was then. And... If Judy Garland would have said some shit like that, she probably would have got slapped in the face again. So, with that being said, now let's move on to the horrors of playing the Scarecrow. The actor that played the Scarecrow had his own distinct and detailed makeup that he had endured each day that led to some tragic events. The Scarecrow's makeup and detailed mask for his face nearly left permanent marks on the actor's face, which back in the 1930s, prosthetics was not nowhere near as advanced as they are today. Which means then they were very uncomfortable and downright painful to wear. The mask that Bulger had to wear left deep lines on his face that didn't go away for nearly a year after filming wrapped up. Can you imagine that? Uh, once again, your big break. Hey, this is going to be an awesome movie. I'm going to be famous from this. Let's go in here. Let's get this shit done. And you have all this shit happen. You have to wear this bullshit every day. And then you finally, hey, we wrap filming up. Take this shit off me. I'm going home. But then you have damn near permanent scars on your face for a year after you get done. Whew. That had to be something. Because the costumes that the Scarecrow, Tin Man, and Cowardly Lion all wore was so distinct and elaborate, they were all forced to eat lunch together on set. They all had to spend a minimum of three hours in makeup each day for their costumes before they ever made it to the set. But with all of the tragic events that happened to these three actors, no one suffered more than Margaret Hamilton, a.k.a. the Wicked Witch of the West. Even though her role was iconic and still give children nightmares to this day. This woman here. Whoo. This woman here. During the filming of the witch's most iconic scene where she disappears into the cloud of red smoke. 
Hamilton didn't exit the stage quick enough before the effect guys started the fire for the smoke, and Hamilton's highly flammable broom and hat caught on fire. This caused her to scald her chin, the bridge of her nose, her right cheek, and the right side of her forehead. Her eyelashes and eyebrows on her right eye were burned off. Her upper lip and eyelid were severely burned, and the skin on the back of her hand was nearly burnt completely off. The worst part of this is that the that instead of using money and resources, the studio left everything up to Hamilton to pretty much fend for herself instead of sending her to get treated for her injuries. So, she then called one of her friends to come pick her up from the studio and was completely stunned that the studio didn't send her home in a limo. <laughs> Fuck a limo. I can't believe they didn't call an ambulance. I mean, <laughs> that's some horrific burns that this woman went through. I mean, your your eyelashes are gone, your eyebrows are gone, your eyelid is burnt. Can, so you can imagine every time she would probably blink was just excruciating pain. And then the back of her hand... Was damn near burnt completely off. Now. Look. Whenever I was younger. My dad was grilling. Had a had been grilling for hours. And that grill was hard than a song bitch. I walked up there. Like the stupid kid I was. And just. I leaned on that grill. Put my arm on it. Leaned on it. And it burnt the shit out of me. And I felt that. For probably a month and a half. After I did it, and it, my skin went nowhere near burned off. It was just a red mark. And it hurt, like, profusely. So I can't even imagine the back of my fucking hand being damn near burnt to a crisp. And they didn't do shit. They was like, well, you better call a friend come get you, because uh, uh, we got to save our money. We can't, be, we can't be paying for no damn uh, ambulance. We can't be seeing you no know, hospital. We can't be dealing with no uh, medical bills because, I mean, it's unfortunate, but, you know, you should have got out of the way a little quicker. I mean, that's fucking bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Jeez. That's some shit that I didn't know about until I started researching this, and I, I really feel bad for this woman. I She scared the hell out of me when I was a kid as a Wicked Witch of the West, but I didn't know she went through some shit like that. But on with the story. After only one day to recover from her wounds, one day after your back of your hand damn near burn off, you get one fucking day. The studio caught her up and asked, when are you coming back? Oh, we need to, you know, wrap this shit up. Are you done hurting? What up? But Hamilton didn't return until six weeks later to give herself some much needed time to recover. Yes, duh. Come on, people. Shit, you gotta have some time to recover from some shit like that. Once she arrived back on set, her hands still have not yet recovered, of course, from the severe burns. So the studio, <laughs> so the studio made her wear a pair of green witch's gloves that looked like hands. She considered suing the studio, but decided against him. Which back then, this is this is another one of them things for being back then but decided against it in fear that she would never get another role in the filming industry. And that probably would have happened. If she would have sued them, she probably would have never acted again because then the studio had more power than the person. 
However, she did put her foot down when they asked her to perform in another scene with fire only a few weeks after her return to set. They had the audacity to ask this woman to get into another scene with fire. That's fucking grade-A bullshit. Her stunt double, Betty Danko, took the scene instead. And then, like Hamilton knew was going to happen, she caught fire and her... Or she caught fire herself and was severely burned. So now you've got the the lead actor burnt, and then you got the stunt double for that actor burnt. It's just a you know just a crispy ass scene up in there. After eleven days in the hospital, the studio cut her a check. Come on, guess guess cut her a check for thirty five U.S. dollars, which is equivalent to six hundred and thirty dollars today. For her day's work of being severely burned. So, sorry, you know, I'm sorry you got burned all up, but here's $630. Actually, no. Sorry you got burned up, here's $35. Go get you some gas. Take gas home. But, uh, (laughs) in a later interview with Danko, she said, and I quote, I felt as though my scalp was coming off. I guess that's because my hat and my black wig were torn loose. That $35 worth right there. We appreciate that, Danko, here. (laughs) Go get you a smoothie. The horrors that Hamilton endured continued long after the film's release. Her face reportedly stayed green for weeks after filming wrapped up. After using copper-based ingredients in her makeup, and it was so toxic that she was asked not to eat after it it was applied in fear that she would swallow it. So, so you get this role in this movie. Here, put this makeup on, but try not to eat anything like solid because if you get that shit on there and you, you know, swallow it, you're going to die. I don't know who we're going to give $35 to, but I mean, $35 is worth not dying. Go fuck yourself, studios. During filming, she had to stay on a liquid diet through a straw, which did nothing for the makeup. Just or which did nothing for the makeup to seep through her pores into her body. So, even though they put her into this liquid diet, it was still going into her pores. Duh. A lot of the scenes, she literally threw blood, sweat, and tears to pull off were actually cut from the movie because the executives of the studio deemed them too scary for children. But still, the ones that did make it to the final film made her an iconic figure and was still scary to audiences everywhere and still gave them nightmares. So, she gets burned. She's in fear of toxic death from the fucking makeup. Um, Literal blood, sweat, and tears. And they cut the shit. They're like, well... We're glad you did that. We are. We, we're we really proud of you, Miss Hamilton, but <clears throat> uh, we're going to cut that because we're afraid it's going to scare the children. I mean, if it were me, I would look up and say, you know what, go fuck yourself, and I would tear the sumbitch to the ground, but hey, whatever. Another strange event that happened on set was that, and <laughs> this is kind of interesting because I, I myself never seen it, uh, and I went back, which I never got to see, like an original, or an original, original uh, copy of the movie, I guess. But 
it was said during the forest scene, whenever she is on top of that roof, you know, where she disappears into the red smoke. It was said in the background in that wood scene that there was somebody hanging back there. I never seen it. I looked for it a bazillion times. And I just, I never, I never come across it. But it was later on debunked, I guess. Um, <laughs> they actually said that that image of what looked like somebody hanging was uh, some birds on the set that lifted in flight and was captured during the scene. Um, I would get that if it wasn't swinging, but they're talking like it was captured like in a photo. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a steal, but it wasn't. Because the story that I heard was that this figure was actually swinging back and forth. I mean, I don't know if you guys know, if y'all, if some of my older uh, listeners here had seen that, please write me and let me know. Because I never once seen it, but hey, you know, I never got to see that original shit. Um, but that, that was debunked apparently, saying that it was a bird. Uh, maybe it was one of the flying monkeys, or flying, yeah, I guess it was flying monkeys, yeah, from the Wicked Witch of the West. Hell, who knows? I didn't really see many birds in this in this film, <laughs> but maybe there was. Maybe they just had them back there for inspirational purposes. Hell, who knows? 1930s. <sighs> all kind of shit that could have happened. <laughs> but, I mean, with, with all this going on, and... and these people, these actors, went through hell making this movie, and it actually turned out very decent. This movie was, uh, from what I understand, a complete success. And even now, people enjoy it. There's like a tradition on some of these people, or some people that I know that um, have a tradition every year where they watch it at the same time. Uh, they pass it on to their kids, and, because a lot of the people that are your older people that grew up with that, they thought it was the bee's knees. They thought, hey, this is the best damn movie since any movie. <laughs> but, uh, the budget for this movie was 2.8 million U.S. dollars, okay? 2.8 million was the budget. And they paid Danko $35. $35. Okay. And if I'm not mistaken, um, they, in the box office, they grossed $3.2 million at the box office against a budget of two point eight. So they did make some movie. I mean, make some movie. They did make some money off of it. And but they did pay Danko thirty five dollars, so it probably set them back a little bit, you know, for her, uh, for her damn near being burned to death and shit like that. So we really appreciate that MGM uh, that you gave them that thirty five dollars. <clears throat> but that's a uh, that's that's some of the the tragedies that happened in this movie, or that's one that's some of the well known tragedies that's happened in this movie. And, like I said before, MGM did not, did not want this leaked, but 
you can only shut a person up for so long, you know. And me personally, I believe, you know, Judy Garland had a lot of, a lot of lasting effects from this movie that eventually led to her death because they made her dependent on pills to, you know, keep her from having an appetite and then later on in life they they gave her pills to have an appetite so they really fucked with her entire system with pills and and malnourishment you know just it, it's sad that they were able to do that or that they were allowed to do that because Judy Garland I thought was a great actress she uh had a great singing voice, I thought. Um, she did a lot of good um, songs in The Wizard of Oz and then outside of The Wizard of Oz, some of her own that she did. Um, she died June 22nd, 1969. And her cause of death was a barbiturate overdose. It was accidental, they say, in London on June 22nd, 1969, less than two weeks after her 47th birthday. She was 47 years old. Her exceptional talents and vulnerabilities had made her one of the most enduringly popular Hollywood icons of the 20th century. And her funeral in New York City drew some 22,000 mourners. So, I mean, she was well-loved. And uh, I hate that that had happened to her, but I mean, she's definitely not the only one that's died from overdoses and from whatever, whatever way there is, because um, there's been several more and there will be several more to come, I'm sure, because that's pretty much what's wrong with the world, especially if you're a rock star. It just seems like every time you any rock star comes to about, it's either alcoholic drug user, or both. And then eventually, here we are, with an overdose. But, this episode tonight, just it, it's not very long, I just kind of wanted to share some of that and give you a little bit of content uh, in between our long week. Um, like I said, Ash and, and Juan's not feeling good, so they weren't able to put out a, an episode this or, or early this week like they did last week, so I just kind of wanted to fill the void a little bit. I know I bored you to death for a little while, but I, I try. <laughs> I try, and I hope you enjoy. But from what I understand, that uh, Ashy is still working on our October merch. Um, there's a lot of great stuff that she showed me before, and I cannot wait. I am chomping at the bit. Cannot wait to get them out to you guys. To show you, I think she's got keychains, t-shirts, I think hoodies maybe. Um, they're going to be great. And I hope you guys will, you know, buy some. <laughs> and I hope you enjoy them. Um, because we love you guys to death. And we cannot thank any of you. We cannot thank you enough for the support that we're getting. I know we say this every episode, but we, we truly mean it. We did not expect... A following like we got so we are very very excited for that and we really appreciate it 
So, uh, I hope y'all enjoyed tonight. Hope I didn't bore you enough or too much. But, uh, like I said, Ryan and I will put out a, another episode Saturday and it will be the scream episode. So we'll be talking about all things scream and getting ready for our big Halloween episode. We're still, we're still thinking about doing the, the, uh, ghost story episode on October 30th. Uh, we're going to have some special guests telling, you know, their own stories and, we're going to be discussing different places, different haunts. Um, it's going to be a fun night. Uh, hopefully, Ash is better. We don't have any more COVID crap going around that's going to stop us from this because it, we're, we're pretty excited about it. So, And we know you guys are going to enjoy it. But uh, if y'all have any kind of tales or anything you want to hear us talk about or a case that y'all want us to cover um you can hit us up on facebook uh astoundingly weird or you can write ash and i directly on our own facebook pages or you can email us astoundingly weird at gmail.com you can type put in that email your entire story uh if you want it you know read on our show we'll definitely do that uh but if you don't want your name said on the show be sure to put that in there. But if you if you do want it, let us know that too. Because if it's just your name and you don't tell us either way, we're not going to use your name. Because we're not sure. <laughs> so tell us either way. And uh, we love you to death. And I hope you enjoyed tonight. And be sure to look out for the episode Saturday for Scream. And y'all keep it weird. And I'll see you then. <laughs>